God's plan often requires us to extend beyond our current state. To broaden ourselves in him in order to become more effective for his kingdom. It's not always comfortable. We feel the tension. The desire to return to our original shape. But once we yield to the expansion of the spirit, we can't go back to the way that we were. We've become a new version of ourselves. It may feel tight at first, but we're being fitted for something bigger, something more. We may feel some pressure, but in the end, we'll find that it's because we've grown. That's just how it goes when God needs us to stretch. Oh, come on. Good morning, everybody. How you feel out there? Make some noise if you love Jesus. Anybody glad to be in church today? Come on. Are you glad to be here? What an honor it is to have all of you. I know you've been greeted a number of times already, but I wanted to personally tell you how thankful I am that you are in the house of the Lord today. The Bible says, this is the day the Lord has made, so we will be glad and rejoice in it. So that's what we're going to do today. The Lord has put in my heart a message for you that I'm excited to share. But before we get into that conversation, I want to look right into that camera. And I want to say a great big hello to our other campus that's located in the greater Washington, D.C. area. Come on, isn't that great? We're now one church in two locations. And so Go Church family, they are just 25 miles north of the nation's capital. They're meeting today, uh, finishing up their second service there. And so we're just so glad to have all of you. And then those of you watching online, we welcome you. Maybe you're homesick today. We're praying for you. Perhaps you're traveling on vacation. If you are going to the beach, well, we're praying for you too. You know, you should have taken us with you. But so glad to have all of you tuning in online, all of our service military men and women. Come on, in-house, make some noise for all of those tuning in online today. And one more quick bit of instruction, then we'll jump into the message. I know that you've got a number of events that are happening here at the church uh, that you're looking forward to participating in, but mark your calendars for Sunday, February the 4th. I know that is Super Bowl Sunday, but if you're a Falcons fans, you ain't got no plans anyway, so <laughs> Sunday, sorry, it's still a little shade there, you know what I mean? But Sunday, February 4th, what we're going to do on that Sunday, we're calling it Vision Sunday. Everybody say Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday. And Pastor Allen and myself, we're going to come. We're going to share with you uh, in detail a little bit more about this transition, about where Pastor's heart is, where his head is, where the transition is, about our second campus in Germantown, what God is doing in this season. And so you don't want to miss Sunday, February 4th, because it's going to be a great conversation of dialogue, answer some questions, encourage you just a little bit in this season that God has us in, and it's going to be a great day. So make sure that you mark your calendars for that. All right, anybody ready for the word? Come on, did you come for the word today? As you know, we've, uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been in a series here at South Metro called Stretch. On the count of three, say that one word title with me. One, two, three, stretch. Okay, and so we're talking about the season of stretch. We believe, and here's why we're doing this conversation, we believe that God has all of us in a season of stretch. God has the worldly family in a season of stretch. God has the Matura family in a season of stretch. God has the ministry of South Metro in a season of stretch. God has the ministry of Go Church in a season of stretch. We believe that in this year, God will take your family through a season of stretch. If you believe it, say amen, right? And here's what, here's what a season of stretch means. It means that God wants to take you from where you are to where he's calling you to be. And I, I, let me teach you this just for a moment, okay? Uh, there is a promise. Somebody say promise. And then there's the payoff. Somebody say payoff. But between the promise and the payoff is a process. And in that process is a season of stretch. See, God deposited something on the inside of every single one of us. God has birthed vision in this house. And in order for him to pull that out of us, 
He has to stretch it out of us. So we did this in week number one of the series. I think we'll uh, do it today as we finish up this conversation. You can't do a series like stretch without actually stretching. So everybody up on your feet if you're physically able. Come on from the front to the back, the left to the right. Just kind of get your blood flowing just a little bit. All right, on the count of three, hands in the air. And if you're like me, I didn't count. Y'all eager beavers. Here we go. Watch this. On the count of three, you can stretch. And I like to moan just a little bit. Come on, make some noise. It feels good. And I feel nice. That feels good. Come on, some of you are like, man, keep doing this. All right, do me a quick favor. Face this direction right over here, your right and my left. Put your hands on the shoulders of the person in front of you. Give them a little massage. It helps to loosen the muscles in a season of stretch. All right, turn around, return the favor. I call this payback. This is payback. <laughs> High five three people around you. Tell them, say, God has you in a season of stretch. And you may, you may be seated. Watch this. God has a perfect plan for every single one of us. If you have been in church for a period of time or if you've read the Bible, at some point you have heard or come across Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. See, God has a destiny for your life. God has a purpose for your life. I don't know why I feel the Holy Spirit just telling me to sit there for just a moment, but I need to tell somebody you are not an accident, that God does not make accidents. God has purpose and destiny and intention for you, and His desire is not for you to stay where you are today. His desire is not for you to be the same person in 2017 that He desires for you to be in 2018. God is a God of promotion. God is a God of process, and He wants to stretch that potential from you. Here's the challenge with that word, though. The type of stretching that God does in us is not always comfortable. Sometimes when God begins to stretch us, we feel the pain. Come on, somebody testify to that. We feel a little pressure. We feel a little tension. We feel this desire. Watch as the challenge of the stretch increases. We feel the desire to go back to what feels less painful. To go back to what feels more comfortable. Nobody likes that painful season of being stretched. But I want to encourage you for just a moment as the Lord begins to walk you through. And here's the good news about the God you serve. He doesn't just let you walk through that season of stretch alone. But he walks with you side by side, hand in hand. But as God begins to walk with you through that season of stretch and you begin to allow fear to creep in. Doubt to creep in, insecurity to creep in, anxiety to creep in, depression to creep in. Whatever the enemy tries to throw at you, you've got to be reminded of this truth, that God is stretching us for the purpose of good. Come on, say amen right there. That it's for the purpose of good. God is stretching you for something more. God is stretching you for something greater. Somebody say greater. But there's going to be a season of stretch. Pastor, join me real quick. Come on, don't you love your bishop? Come on, let him know you love him. Hey, let me, let me just take a moment. Let me get unscripted for a second. Let me just share my heart. Aren't you glad that in the season of transition that God has this church in, that this man and that woman are going nowhere? Come on, somebody. I love it. I love it. That we, we are, and I say this in the best way possible, we are stuck with you all, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Any other way. And I love it for two reasons. Number one, he'll help to keep me accountable. And number two, he'll keep paying all the bills. All right, let me, let me get back to your, uh, let me get to your, anybody remember Stretch Armstrong? Oh, come on, be proud, of, be proud of your age for a minute, right? Anybody remember Stretch Armstrong? Now, now, on the box, Pastor, it says that Stretch Armstrong can be stretched four times his normal size, four times his normal size. I, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you we kind of practice this right here, you know, and we've, re we've rehearsed this moment. You know, the, the reality is this, is that have you ever felt like God has been doing this to you? Now, now I could tell if I could speak on behalf of Stretch Armstrong, I would say, ow! Right? I would say, come on, let me go back to what feels good. But it's not about always feeling good. It's about God doing what needs to be done to get you to where he's calling you to be. Come on. And so in a season of being stretched, sometimes the only thing you can do is just hang on. Just hang in there. And trust the process that God, in his sovereignty, knows what he is doing. 
in a season of stretch, again, when that fear creeps in, that doubt creeps in, that anxiety creeps in, you have to know, just like Stretch Armstrong knows, this is for the purpose of good. That God has a better plan in mind. And I know that he's stretching me and he's pulling me for something greater and something more. Come on, put your hands together. Thank our pastor. Great job, Bishop. You can keep that. So what we've been doing over the last few weeks is we've been walking through Proverbs chapter 3. And we've been breaking down about seven or eight verses of scripture. And we've been talking to you about the spiritual stretching exercises. What you need to do during a season of being stretched. I want to show you again Proverbs chapter 3, but before I show you that, I want to go back to Isaiah 54 verse 2, and here's why I'm doing this. Because when God began to reveal his plan for the worldly household, for my life, for Kimberly's life, for our children's life, about making this transition and coming back home, the Lord spoke this word over our family. He spoke this word over the ministry of Go Church. I heard him speak this word over this house at South Metro, and I believe that it's a word for every single one of you here this morning. Isaiah 54 Verse number two, the Bible says this, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curtains of your dwellings, and spare not, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your pegs. Let's read that together on three, one, two, three, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curtains of your dwellings, spare not, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your pegs. I know you've heard this the last couple of weeks, but it still stands true. Everything about that verse reveals to us that God has a big life plan for you. Everything about that verse tells us that God has more in store for you and for your household. Everything about that verse tells us that God desires to add increase, but in order for him to add more, you have to make some room for him to move. God is saying through the scripture, there's more that I want to do in you and through you, but you have to be stretched beyond your current reality. You have to be stretched beyond your current capacity in order for me to add and do all of the things that I desire to do. Let me ask you two questions, two very simple questions. Questions number one is this, how many of you believe that God has a big life for you? Let me see your hands. Okay, keep it up for just a moment. You believe that God has a big life for you. All right, put your hands down. Now, if you believe that, God, God has this big life plan for me. I am no accident. I was created in the image of God, right? That God has purpose. He's got destiny. He's got a calling in my life. As a matter of fact, I don't believe that God created you and then gave you a purpose. I think that God had a purpose and so he created you. And if you believe that, here's the second question. Ready? Watch this. If you believe God has a big life plan for me, then by a show of hands, how many would say, God, then stretch me as far as you need to in order to get me to where you're calling me to be? Isn't the question, the first question, easier to answer, though? Because we love promise. We love favor. We love increase. Yeah, God, pour it on me. Give it to me, Lord. But then when we recognize that you cannot have one without the other. You can't have increase without stretching. You can't have favor without stretching. You can't have blessing without stretching. And I said this to you in week number one. You don't believe me? Ask any mama in the room. You do not get the gift of a child without some stretch marks to show for it. God wants to give you more, but there are going to be stretch marks to show what God has done. So I want to show you this. As we talk through, we're going to finish up today on these seven spiritual stretching exercises found in Proverbs chapter 3. I want to show these to you. I'll recap the first six, and then we'll dive in uh, to the final point today. I want to show you Proverbs chapter 3. Here we go. Watch this. This is what we do in a season of stretch. Here's what needs to be done when you recognize God's got a big life plan for me, and I'll never fully become everything that God has destined for me to become until I go through a season or seasons of stretch. God has a big life plan for the ministry of South Metro and a big life plan for the ministry of Go Church. And she will never become everything that God is calling her to be until he takes her through a season of stretch. So when we find ourselves in that season, what do we do? Watch this, Proverbs 3, beginning in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord. Watch this. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all of your crops. And then your barns will be filled to what? 
overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Verse 11, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those that he loves, just as a father, the son, he delights in. Let me recap for just a minute, and we'll jump into today's spiritual stretch exercise. The first thing that I told you to do in a season of stretch was this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Easier said than done though, right? See, the call here as a Christian is not to a piecemeal type of trust in God. And you and I are guilty, if we're being honest, at picking and choosing the areas in our life that we trust God and we don't trust God. So for some of us, we might say, well, God, I trust you in my marriage, but I don't really trust you in my money. Or God, I trust you in my career, but I don't trust you so much with my children. And at the end of the day, God is not calling us to give him a piece of our heart or a bit of our heart or a portion of our heart. The relationship that God desires for us to be in with him is an all-in type of relationship. Could you imagine if on the day that Kimberly and I got married, I told her, I said, I'm just going to give you a part of my heart. I can't give it all to you. I'll give you just a little bit. I doubt that she would say, sign me up for that. No, what God wants, just like what we want out of relationships, is an all-in type of trust, every part of us. And so in a season of stretch, there are going to be moments where insecurity creeps in, doubt creeps in, fear creeps in. We talked about that. And in those moments, we have to be committed to what? Trusting the Lord with all of our heart. The second spiritual stretch exercise that we talked through is this. Do not lean on your own understanding. Let me break this down as practical as I can. In a season of stretch, there are going to be moments of God doing what he's doing that you will not understand. There will be moments in this season of stretch that do not make sense to us. There will be moments where things happen that if, if we were God, we would have done things differently. Anybody ever said that? If I were God, I would. And then quickly we recognize how thankful we are that we are not God. We've tried to play God. We, we've tried to be God, and we've all seen where that has taken us. But in our lifetime, there are going to be moments that we just don't understand it. Uh, the Bible says this in De uh, Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things that he reveals belong to you and your children forever. Did you know that God just has secrets? There are just some things that are going to happen that you will never be able to understand. And what's interesting about this, this uh, spiritual stretch exercise is that all throughout the book of Proverbs, there is this recurring theme on understanding. Get understanding. Obtain understanding by truth, by knowledge, by understanding. And now all of a sudden, Scripture says, but don't lean on it. So go get it, but do not lean on it. Why, why, why would we be given that instruction? Here's why. It's really simple. Because our understanding is very, very limited. It's very limited. And any time in my life, let me talk about JC for just a moment. Any time in my life that I've been walking through a season of stretch and things started to happen that A, I did not like, or B, I did not understand, I started to go back to what I could comprehend. I started to go back to my very limited thinking. And so in the future, I base my decisions off of what I can see, what I can get, what I know, what makes sense to me. But the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by I wish you'd help me out just for a minute, right? The Bible says that we're walking by faith and not by what we can see. The truth is this. God is not stretching you because of what you can see. God is stretching you because of what you cannot see. Come on and give me a good amen right there. And so when we go through these seasons of stretch and things happen that we don't understand, we cannot lean on our own understanding. Why? Because you will limit God. You will not give God an opportunity to prove himself if you keep going back to what you can understand. The third spiritual stretch exercise that we talked about uh, was this. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. So, watch. Even when things happen that you don't understand, we still give him glory. We still give him honor. We still give him praise. Because he's worthy of all of it. Acknowledging him in all of your ways is yielding to God. Submitting to God surrendering to God. It, it's this. Watch this. Uh, on the count of three, I want you to put both hands in the air, okay? You ever seen, I mean, you guys really are. You love that before I count. Watch this. You ever seen the TV show Cops? Some of you are like, I've been on that show. <laughs> you were the cop. Right, I get it. Watch. They say what? Come out with your hands up. Why? Because it's a sign of surrender. It's acknowledging, okay, I am no longer in control. Ready? One, two, three. 
Here you go. Does it make sense to you? It's saying, okay, God, I'm acknowledging that you are good and that you are faithful, so I'm going to take my hands off. I'm going to surrender to you, and I'm going to trust you with all of my heart. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, and you get the glory, and you get the honor. Now watch. I what I tell you earlier, there is a promise, and there's a process, and then there's the payoff. Here's the payoff. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Here's the payoff. And he will make your paths straight. Right? Why, why does it say that? Because when we stop trusting in the Lord, when we start to lean on our own understanding, when we stop acknowledging that he is God and he is good, our road is very crooked. And we go places we should not go, and we end up places we should not be. Does that make sense? But he says, if you just trust me, you stop leaning on what you can understand, and you give me glory, I will make your paths straight. He says, I will get you from the promise to the payoff on the straight and narrow. Come on, somebody. Say amen right there. All right. Let's keep moving. Watch this. The next spiritual stretch exercise pastor picked up on this last Sunday is this, verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. All of these tie in together, but it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. And here is how that applies to a season of stretch. Don't try to make it on your own. Don't, don't try to make it on your own. Stop acting independently from God. You see that? Watch. Don't dis Here's another part. Don't disregard the advice and the counsel of other people. Isn't it amazing when God takes us through a season of stretch, he'll put people in our lives that have already been there, done that, and bought the t-shirt to help us and encourage us and challenge us. But how many of us, God will send us those people and say, no, I don't need any help. I got this. Pardon the grammar, but you don't got this. We need accountability. We need encouragement. We need counsel. And I love verse 7 because verse 7 is a protest against self-sufficiency. Verse 7 is a caution about self-conceit. Verse 7 is an objection towards self-reliance. Do not be wise in your own eyes. And I say this with all due respect, but you and I are not as smart as we think we are. And any time that we've tried to be relying on our own wisdom, hasn't that led us places we didn't want to go? Watch the next one. Spiritual stretch exercise number five. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Let me just share my heart really open for a second. In a season of stretch, you can guarantee that spiritual warfare will be at an all-time high. I, I want to be honest with you and tell you that when God began to reveal his plan about Kimberly and I coming home and stepping into the role of receiving the baton of leadership to take this ministry into the future and beyond, the enemy has fought that with everything in his arsenal. Can I, can I be really transparent? I mean, from big things to little things. I, mean, I, I don't know. In a season of stretch, it seems like stress is at an all-time high. Uh, am I the only one? It seems like people irritate me in a season of stretch more than when I'm not being stretched. It seems like, it seems like temptation comes out of nowhere, that the enemy is, is standing in that boxing ring of life, throwing every combination of punches that he can throw. Why? Watch this. Listen to me. Somebody hear me. Because the enemy knows if you get from the promise to the payoff, he's got a problem. And so he hopes to stop you in that process. And so arguments happen, disagreements happen, stress happens. Uh, you, can, you can guarantee financial problems. The car won't start. The tires blow out. The hot water heater blows up. The kids are acting crazy. Come on, somebody. You lose your job. Doctor tells you that you've got some type of sickness and there is no cure. Whose report do we really believe, by the way? Come on. In Jesus' name. All of a sudden, your, your neighbor, your neighbor, you find out that your neighbor's just crazy. There's some crazy neighbors out there, aren't they? The Bible says to love your neighbor. That's hard sometimes. Come on. Am I helping you? I mean, it's like nothing. Out of nowhere, pink slip, problems, issues. 
And you're thinking, why is this happening? I'm telling you why this is happening. Because the enemy does not want you to make it to the payoff of the promise of God in your life. And he knows that if he can stop you in the season of stretch, then you will not become everything that God desires for you to become. Here's what the Bible says. Why don't you take this to scripture and to the enemy? James 4, 7, resist the enemy and he shall what? Flee from you. Come on. Resist the devil and he will flee. Fear the Lord with a holy, reverent fear and shun evil. At every turn, don't you give the devil an inch. One author said it like this. If you give the devil an inch, he'll kick the whole door wide open and take a mile. Don't you give him an inch. You fear the Lord and you shun evil. And here's the payoff. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Do you see that? Fear the Lord and shun evil. Number six, the sixth exercise. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all of your crops. I, I love this one. I love that sandwiched in the middle of these spiritual stretch exercise, God calls us to a place of honor through our obedience and our financial commitments. I want you to look at the scripture here. It says, honor the Lord with your, what is it? With your money. It does not say, honor the Lord with your faithfulness, honor the Lord with your obedience, honor the Lord with your prayer life, honor the Lord with your church attendance, honor the Lord with your volunteer hours, honor the Lord with community service, honor the Lord by signing up for women's Bible study, which you should do. No, it says, honor me with your money. I wonder why God would say that. I'll tell you when I read it what I see. He says, I think for you, you can walk or you can talk the talk, but can you really walk the walk? You can walk around saying, I trust you with all of my heart. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. In all of my ways, I'll acknowledge you, right? I'll fear the Lord and shun evil. I'll not be wise in my own eyes. And then the Lord says, then show me the money. Why would he say that? I'll tell you why. He says, you can talk it, but can you walk it? And so God says, I'm asking you in a season of stretch for the very thing that you have such a hard time letting go of. He says, I want you to honor me with your money. Put your money where your mouth is. And I, let me tell you about this. I, as your pastor, I will never be shy about talking about the spiritual discipline of tithing and generosity. Because if I don't talk about it and teach on it, I do you an injustice. Because those of us who are faithful in their giving, we know the benefits of it. Come on, somebody testify right there, right? And here's the truth. Every time that we talk about money, it is never because we want something from you. It's always because God has something for you. It's always that way. God has something for you. And God says, in this season of stretch, prove it to me. Prove to me that you're really an all-in type of relationship. Because in Matthew 6, what does the Bible say? For where your treasure is, there your, there your heart will be also. You want to know how you're doing in this season of stretch? What's the credit card balance? You want to know how you're doing in a season of stretch? What's the checking account like? Where's the money going? I, I would never do this, but if we sat down together and you showed me your credit card statement and your checking account statement, I could tell you how you're doing in a season of stretch. The only way that we can sustain in the season of stretch is to put God first in every part of our life. And I know what some of you are thinking. Pastor JC, I cannot afford to give to the church. Listen to me. You cannot afford not to give. You can never outgive God. And again, it's not about getting something from you. It's about God giving something to you. And so you honor him with your wealth. Come on, this series is good, isn't it? All right. So let's talk about today. Here we are, the seventh spiritual stretch exercise. Here's what the Bible says. As a matter of fact, let me show you the payoff, and then we'll get there. When you give the Lord your wealth, the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats with new wine. And we see always a promise, always a process, always a payoff. Let's go back to our scripture, Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun 
evil, the Bible says. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. He goes on and he says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. And this is where we're going to sit for the next few minutes. Highlight this in your Bible, highlight it in your smartphone. I don't plan on making a whole lot of new friends today. This is a hard word. But you need to hear it, I need to hear it. Watch what he says. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. And do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines those that he loves. Just as a father, the son, he delights in. The seventh stretch exercise that we do in a season of stretch is this. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. And do not resent his rebuke. You need to know something, church. Whenever God takes you through a season of stretch, it is also a season of correction and discipline. Anytime that God puts you in a season of stretch, you better believe that he's bringing you back into alignment. That he's making sure that you're, you're not on the path that will destroy your life or wreck your life. But he loves us enough to correct us and discipline us to keep us again on that straight and narrow. Every time in my life when God has taken me through a season of stretch, he has never failed to correct me in that season and dis discipline me in that season. In the season of stretch, he always shows me my areas of immaturity. He always shows me my areas of weakness and the areas where I have propensities towards doing wrong. He always shows me my areas of pride and the areas that I got to work on. Why? Because if I'm going to become everything that God is calling me to become in this payoff on the other side of the season of stretch, I've got to leave some things behind. And so in a season of stretch, God will correct us and God will discipline us. Look at the Bible in Hebrews chapter number 12. Uh, we believe Hebrews to be, be written by the Apostle Paul. And Paul is echoing the words that we just read in Proverbs chapter 3. It's extended version, but I want you to see what Paul says in relation to the discipline of the Lord. Beginning in verse 5, Hebrews 12. And have you completely forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Watch what he says, verse 7. Endure hardship as discipline. All right, wait a minute. A season of stretch is painful. A season of stretch is filled with tension. Right? A season of stretch, is, is, is hurt. it hurts sometimes. And he says, yeah, listen to me. I want you to endure the hardship as discipline. I am working on you. I'm doing something in you. But you have to endure. We talked about that in week one. You've got to have a, a spiritual endurance. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate. You're not true sons and daughters at all. Verse 9, moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live forever? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines for our, somebody shout good. good. We talked about that, didn't we? Everything that God does is for the purpose of good. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good. And here's what he says. He says, God disciplines for our Good. God is not out to get you. God's not out to harm you. God's not out to punish you in a, in a mean way. He's not a mean God. And somewhere along the way from pulpits around the country, we portray God to be a mean God. No. You're alive. There's breath in your lungs. If he was a mean God, we wouldn't be here. But God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son to condemn the world. No. It's not about condemnation. It's about conviction. And he does it for our good so that we might share in his holiness. Verse 11. No discipline seemed pleasant at the time. I remember growing up, and I'll tell you another story in just a minute. But I remember growing up uh, when my, when I would, whenever I'd get in trouble. And there was only like one time. But that one time I got in trouble. 
You know, and I, I, I remember as a kid, and maybe some of you can relate to this, but I grew up in a different type of home than homes today. And there's no problem with the type of discipline that many of you have with your children. I'm not sure if there's a right way or a wrong way. I think you have to use wisdom because every child is different. Every personality is different. But when I grew up, it, it wasn't time out. It was more like beat down. You know what I mean? <laughs> Come on, anybody with me? I don't know. I just find it so interesting how children are disciplined nowadays. Oh, now, honey, you shouldn't do that. I'll put you in time out. Don't we make it sound fun? <laughs> if, if, my, if my mom said to me, you're going to time out, I'd be like, bring it on because this family is crazy. <laughs> if you could get me out of this house or out in the corner somewhere, I'd be better off. And so what do parents do today? They're like, here we go. I've, I've given you a warning. Don't make me count to three. Ooh. Oh, now you mean business, mom. One. <laughs> You're laughing, but you know it's true. Two. You're like a plane taking off. Ooh. Mississippi. Three. And you're just praying, God, please don't make me, right? No, no, my mom be like, don't make me come to, get up, boy. Come on, how many of you know that kind of home? My, my mom would say to me, she'd say, come here, come here. And there's this amazing, there's this thing that mothers possess that fathers do not possess. See, see fathers, fathers have their voice. And, and the words of a father weigh like a million pounds to a heart of a child. But a mom has that look where that eyebrow meets the hairline. Y'all know what I'm talking about? My mom and dad never suffered one time from memory loss. I could get in trouble and they'd be like, wait till we get home. Seven hours could pass when we walk in and be like, remember? And I'm like, oh God, how do you remember? You know? I remember though being disciplined, my parents would say this, this hurts me more than it hurts you. One time I got really brave, I was like, then give me the belt. You know? <laughs> give me the belt! See how true that is. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but what? Painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. Let me this morning, in the next few minutes, give you four characteristics of godly discipline. Because a season of stretch is a season of discipline. A season of stretch is a season of correction. God needs you to walk through that season of stretch. And when you get to the payoff, you have to be different. You have to leave the old you behind. Listen to me. You can't take some of the same junk that you're dealing with today into that next season. It will hold you back. The enemy will try to throw all of those temptations there, but he's going to discipline you, the Lord will, correct you, the Lord will, so that you will be better off, so that the Bible says it will produce a harvest of righteousness on the payoff on the other side. Four characteristics of godly discipline. The first one is this. There has to be a necessity. There has to be a reason. God disciplines us to deter destruction. I've talked about this a few times already, but... But when we keep going down the road that we're going currently, we will end up wrecking our lives. Come on, anybody ever driven in a car that's been out of alignment? It's just a friendly reminder. Get your alignment corrected. And whenever you do that, where do you go? You go to a mechanic and you say, my alignment is off. And what does he do? He manipulates the alignment. He corrects the alignment. Kimberly and I, we wholeheartedly believe in chiropractic care. We do. And I can tell when my body is out of a line. And so I'll go to the chiropractor and I'll say, I need you to adjust me. And he will adjust me and correct me and discipline my body to bring it back into alignment. Does that make sense? Watch this. God wants to bring you into alignment with the assignment that he's stretching us for. He wants to bring you into alignment. And so God says, you think God's mad at you because he disciplines you? No. God says, I love you enough to keep you from wrecking your life. And so I will bring godly discipline so that you deter destruction. Again, because if we keep traveling down the road we're on, we're going to wreck our lives. And here's what's so crazy. All throughout scripture, we notice that the Bible references us, the children of God, as sheep. He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. How many of you have read that somewhere before? Why does he refer to us as sheep? Only one reason, because at the end of the day, we are all bad. Come on, that's funny. That's funny. I don't care who you are. 
That's good. I've been working on that bad sound for like three weeks now. You better laugh. Even if it's a courtesy laugh, that's good. My son Lakeland loved that one. We're bad. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 verse 6, I believe it is, that just like sheep we have all gone astray. We wander. We wander. We get lost in our own way because we are humans. And we say, God, I got this. And God says, no, 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 no. If you keep going down the road you're on, you will ruin your life. And so I love you enough to correct you. I love you enough to convict you. I love you enough to discipline you because I don't want you to be destroyed. So the necessity of godly discipline is to deter destruction because he's bringing us into alignment with the assignment and it comes through discipline and correction. What's the motive of godly discipline? It's to express his love. God corrects us not because he hates us, but because he loves us. Let me tell you a story real quick. Watch this. When I was in the seventh grade, I got into a fist fight. I know what you're thinking. How could they bring this guy in? What a rebel he is. You know, I was an adolescent and I was, I was, I was crazy. But we were in PE class and I think it was raining outside, so we were all kind of confined in the gymnasium. I was in the very top part of the bleachers and right in front of me, on the row right in front of me, there was this girl who decided to take a nap. So I told some of my friends, I know what you're thinking, he got beat up by a girl. It's possible, it is, I'm telling you, it's possible. But that didn't happen here, watch though. So she took a nap and I told my friends, I was like, watch this, watch this. And I took a number two pencil and I took the tip of the pencil, the eraser, and I just put it in her nose. It's kind of, I know, it's, it's, it's dumb, but you've got a testimony too, you know. And I just put it in the tip of her nose and everybody laughed and all that. Well, when I got to the locker room, her eighth grade boyfriend didn't think it was so funny. And I promise you, this dude was at least 47 years old. He had a full beard. You know, I mean, I, I was still like going through puberty, so I'm like, I'm a real boy, you know, and he's like, you're messing with my girl, you know. And so, so he asked me a question. He was like, do you want to fight? What a dumb question. <laughs> Who says, yeah, why not? I remember thinking, no, I don't want to fight. What are you talking about? I don't want to fight. This guy came over with a right hook, man. He drilled me right in the face. When I doubled over, he hit me in the gut. And all of a sudden, man, I just, I, I don't know what happened to me, but the power of God came over me. As a matter of fact, this was, this was years ago, so, that, you know, they didn't have, like, cell phones, but one of my friends somehow captured a picture of the guy after the fight. Here it is. Look at this guy right here. Here he is. Look at him. This is that guy right there. See, y'all don't know about me. You don't know JC stands for Jackie Tan. Watch out. I went and visited him, trained in the hospital, and when I walked out, I left a number two pencil on his bed. <laughs> so I got into a fight, and you know what they did? You know, they broke it up, and they took me to the principal's office, and the principal said these words, I have to call your father. Oh, God, is there another way? You know, I, I remember asking, what about the Board of Education? Remember the Board of Education? Anybody remember that? I was like, you can, I'll spank myself. Give me your belt. I will beat me here. Don't call my dad. Please don't call my dad. I told him, I said, my dad don't do timeout, y'all. He don't do timeout. This is bad. I remember my dad coming up to the school. I can remember it like it was yesterday. He walked in with a smile on his face. Talked to the principal, asked about their family. They had a small conversation, and when he went to walk out, he grabbed me by the hand and just squeezed it really tight. And he looked back at the principal and he said, I'll take it from here. I remember screaming, God, why? Oh, God, I do this. When I got home, let me tell you this. I received the discipline that I deserved. But I want to tell you about this real quick. Listen to me. Lean in for a second. He disciplined me and he corrected me because he knew that there was greater on the inside of me. And I want you to hear me for a second. That night when dinner was served, my daddy invited me to the table and he still fed me. The next day, he still clothed me. The next day, he still put a roof over my head. He didn't discipline me because he hated me. He didn't punish me in that form because he was mad at me. No. He corrected me because he knew, son, there's 
better on the inside of you. And I'll just tell you like it is. I'll be honest. I'm standing here today. I'm the man that I am because my parents loved me enough to tell me when I was doing wrong. And the same is true with our Father in heaven. Whenever you're in a season of stretch and he's disciplining you, he's doing it to express his love for you. Uh, all these years later, I don't look back on that moment or other moments where I was disciplined and think, my parents hated me. They didn't love me. Always mad at me, always angry. No, I look back and I say, God, thank you that I had parents that loved me enough to see the best in me, to see something that I couldn't see in myself. And that's the type of God that we serve. He corrects us because he loves us. Two more. What's the goal of godly discipline? It's to teach obedience. To teach us obedience. My, my parents taught me about honor and obedience through discipline and correction. Anybody ever read the 23rd Psalm? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I think they wrote that on the day my dad said, I got it from here. <laughs> you know? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. You know it, I'm paraphrasing, you know it though, right? Isn't it interesting that the psalmist David chose to write about both the rod and the staff? Because one is used for protection, the other is used for correction. I don't know how true this is, but I have heard that a good shepherd, in an effort to teach his sheep to obey, will even break their legs to show them that if you keep going down the road you're going, it will kill you. So watch this, and it leads us to the last one. Why does God do what he does? Short-term pain and long-term gain. God says in the season of stretch, I'm going to discipline you and I'm going to correct you because here is the result. It's short-term pain and long-term gain. Anytime that parents discipline us, anytime that God disciplines us and we receive that discipline, we do not resent or rebuke the discipline of the Lord, we are better off for it. Let me re read to you what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. No discipline seemed pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, though, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Listen to me, church. God has a big plan for your life. God's got a huge plan for this church. And all of us need to come into alignment with that purpose and that destiny. And the way that he will do it is through loving us enough to correct us and to teach us to show us that there is a better way. Can you stand with me all around this room? In the name of Jesus. Here's what I want to do. I just want to pray for you today. Can I pray right now that you would touch the hearts of your people. God, I thank you that we serve a God that loves us enough to stretch the best out of us. God, I thank you that you see something on the inside of every single one of us that we cannot see. I thank you for this church, the ministry of South Metro and the ministry of Go Church, that you have more in store, that you have greater in store. And that in an effort for us to get there, you're going to take us through a season of stretch. You're going to discipline us. You're going to correct us. You're doing that to me personally, and I don't like it, but I choose to trust you with all of my heart. Lean not on my own understanding. In all of my ways, I will acknowledge you and I believe that you will make my path straight. I choose not to be wise in my own eyes, but rather fear the Lord and shun evil because that will bring nourishment to my bones and health to my body. God, I'm gonna prove my commitment to you and I will honor you with my wealth, with the first fruits of all of my crop. You're number one in my life. And I want you to know that. And the way that you respond is by sending an overflow and sending us new wine. And God, when we get to the season of discipline and correction, whatever you have to strip away from me, whatever you have to get off of me, whatever needs to be removed from me so that I can be a better dad, a better husband, a better pastor, a better leader, and ultimately a better follower of, of Christ, then correct me in the necessary way so that I can become everything that you have planned.
in the name above all names, that is Jesus Christ. And together, everybody said amen. Come on, can you honor the Lord with a round of applause? I want you to sing that. Now watch this. We're done. I'm going to let them sing a chorus. And I've got one small giveaway that I want to give to you. But I love the words of this song. It just says, higher than the mountains that I face, stronger than the power of the grave. He is constant through the trial and watch and the change. But one thing remains. His love never fails and it never gives up. His love never runs out on me. Come on, can you lift your hands all around the room? Let's sing it together. Come on. Higher than the mountains that I face. Come on, let this be an anthem of your life. Come Stronger on. than the power of the grave. Constant in the trial and the change. This one thing remains. Come on, you sound good. Lift your this volume up a notch. Come on. Thing Come on, declare it as you walk through this season. Your fails and never gives up never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me your love come on i want to hear you sing i want to hear you sing your love come on sell them your love never fails Are you thankful for his love today? He is so good, amen? Hey, before you leave, please remember tonight, we kick off our nights of prayer and fasting. We'll join you right here at 6 p.m. in worship and in word and in prayer. On your way out today, we got a little gift for you. It's a simple rubber band for you to hold on to. You put it on your arm, put it around your ankle, put it on your uh, rear view mirror, put it somewhere in your house that every day you see it, you're reminded that God has you in a season of stretch. Remember here at South Metro, we exist for love, growth, and purpose. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Go be the church in Jesus' name.